morning, and uh, I want to encourage you, invite you to turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. We have been taking several weeks, we have been going through the book of Galatians, and uh, and so we have, we, we like doing this, uh, we've talked to you about this before, that we enjoy being able to go through books of the Bible to go verse by verse mainly uh, to be able to explain the scripture there's things when you do that that you can't really avoid there's maybe some topics or issues that you know that are difficult to uh, engage in and we we like to be able to go through those uh, together as a church and we believe it makes you uh, stronger in the Lord uh, that it equipped you for everyday service uh, in the Lord. And so uh, that's what we're continuing to do in the book of Galatians. And so this morning we'll look at Galatians chapter 2. I'm going to read this verse. And then we'll pray and really dive on, dive on into it. Galatians chapter 2, we'll, we'll pick up at verse 15. And we'll read verse 15 and 16 this morning. Let's, let's read. And verse 15 says, We who are Jews by nature... And not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Let's pray. Lord God, we love you. We praise you. Again, we thank you so much, Lord God, for who you are. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for allowing us to see clearly in your word, Lord God, what it is to have a relationship with you, what it is, Lord God, to be able to walk in your word, Lord God, and, and in our daily lives and to, and to live by faith. And I pray this morning, Lord God, as we examine these, this scripture, that we be able to really, not only, like I said, apply it to our lives, Lord God, and being able to be able to be the men and women that we need to be today, Lord God. Again, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so as we look at, at these verses, Galatians chapter 2, uh, verse uh, 15 and 16 this morning. Um, like I said, last week we were able to look at the verses 11 through 14. And I was excited that we were able to, this week, gather together because um, you could barely hear me first of all probably you had your uh, volume turned all the way up last week while I was in my pool house and doing the message by myself and so I am excited and thankful that we could at least gather together uh, this morning we are we are uh, each and every week we're, we're trying to do our best as far as uh, for us to be able to meet uh, every week and I know with the hurricanes and electricity and all these different things uh, it's been difficult but our goal and our aim is for is for us to be able to worship together uh, each and every week. And so uh, we want to, as of right now, this is where we're meeting at 9 o'clock in the gym uh, here at the Methodist Church. Uh, they meet after us uh, like we were doing the sanctuary. We're just doing it here in the gym until things kind of get back to normal, as Sean alluded to earlier, is that hopefully things are getting a little bit more uh, normal. But as we look at this passage of Scripture... Um, I think it's going to show us three things this morning and it's going to when I looked at this first and then uh, when it just looking and reading it, it really brought me to a verse that I'm familiar with in the book of Hebrews but in the book of Hebrews it referenced this verse 
from the book of Habakkuk. Uh, but instead of me having you turn to the book of Habakkuk this morning, uh, I'm going to just reference it in the book of Hebrews, quotes it in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 37 and 38, mainly 38, but it says, and yet a little while for he who is coming will come and will not tarry. In verse 38 of Hebrews chapter 10, it says, now the just shall live by faith. And if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But mainly that verse and that phrase, it says, now the just shall live by faith. And so this morning we're going to look at the title of my message is justification justification by faith but also the three things that we'll look at we'll dissect that part of that verse and i think it'll explain galatians chapter 2 uh, verse 15 and 16 really clearly when it talks about in hebrews that the just shall live by faith and so we'll examine what that phrase means and i really believe it'll really show us clearly what galatians 2 15 and 16 was talking about we understand the context of what we're in Paul is writing this book to these believers to these churches in Galatia this region and so Paul had started these churches uh, and then now as he has started these churches he he loves these churches he, he loves these people that he's writing to and he writes back to them and he tells he gives them some instructions now, many scholars believe that this is one of the first books that Paul had written, if not the first book that Paul had written was this church, was this book to the Galatians, okay? And so, whenever we see certain terms as we're looking at this word justification here, this is really the first time it's kind of introduced to the New Testament church when Paul is writing this to them. And so, uh, Paul, uh, the, uh, during this time with the church of Galatia, uh, there has been some people that have come in and that have said, okay, that the Gentiles and the Jews, of course, but the Gentiles can be saved. They could be, they could have a relationship with God, but these Judaizers were coming in and saying that in order for them to truly be saved, that they had to be a Jew. They had to be converted into Judaism. And so Paul is making the, the, uh, the situation very clear. He is telling them that is not the case. You're adding to salvation. And so last week we saw how even the Apostle Peter had compromised in this approach as when certain people would come in, that Peter would act a different way. The Bible, the Bible calls him and Paul calls him a hypocrite in this place. And so that is from the text that we were looking at last week. And so as, we're, as we were looking at Galatians 2 this morning, Paul continues in that sermon to Peter as he says, listen, in verse 15, we who are, uh, are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, meaning that we were, here are we, even though that we are uh, Jews in, in, uh, in our, uh, in as far as our nationality, and as far as who we are as a people, uh, we don't live as Gentiles, meaning don't live as far as this world. But when Jesus came, and this is verse 16 showing us, when Jesus came on the earth and died for the entire world, it's no longer Jew or Greek. Now it is for the entire world and whoever is found in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what verse 16 tells us. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, it's not pertaining to those things, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we, he says, have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, nor, uh, for by the works of the law no flesh 
shall be justified. So Paul, again, like I said, is introducing us into this word justified. So this morning's message, as I'm, that was kind of a little bit of my introduction, as we're going to dive into the just shall live by faith, let's look at that first key point in that, in that phrase when it says the just uh, this morning. And as we look at that, you could, we'll do a little searching and I'll be in the New Testament and I'll be close by. But as you would turn into Romans chapter 17 this morning, it, Paul does a really good job of introducing us and telling us what this means as far as the just. And so I hope this message this morning, let me say this before we dive into that first point. I hope this message this morning would allow us to see what salvation is. And so if you're, if you're dealing with salvation, the people that are in this room, the people that are watching on Facebook Live, I hope that this will, that you will have an understanding of what it is to have a relationship with Holy God. And then we this morning who say that we have a relationship with God, I hope through this message, when we get into the next points, that we'll see what it is to actually live in that kind of place and that faith in the Lord, Lord God. Okay, and so I hope that these two things apply. And the reason I would tell you to share this message or to really uh, encourage you, I hope it comes out very clear this morning so that maybe there's a friend or a loved one that you want to share the gospel with or encourage them in their walk with the Lord. I hope this message does that this morning. Romans chapter one, verse 17 says, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. That is, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And just the verse before, I wanted to read verse 16. Paul had said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And so as he says this in verse 16, it says that everyone who believes, who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when I look at this verse, when it says the just shall live by faith, and who is that just? We're talking about us, humankind, mankind, that we are able to stand in right fellowship with holy God. And you and I, that's impossible because we could look at our lives. We could, you know, as we take off, you know, just kind of our Sunday best and, and, and we all kind of are looking the part this morning. But we all know deep down of how ungodly and how unrighteous we really are. And so when it tells us this right here, that the just shall live by faith, that the people who are in right standing with God, who the people who have been justified between us and God, there's no way that I can stand right before God. Meaning that me and God could have a true relationship, that I could stand in, in, in whether it's in a court setting or it's in just a relationship with God, because the Bible tells us very clearly that God does not, and there's no sin in God, there's no, there's no relationship that he has with sin. And so for us, that's why it's so important when Paul says this in Romans 1 verse 16, says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel, of course, is the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he tells us that it is the power of God into salvation for everyone who believes. The people that can have that, that God exists or that Jesus actually existed but that believes with their who who they are. And so he tells them, he tells us this here in Romans chapter one. He goes on and says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth of unrighteousness. And verse 19 says, because 
what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. It's telling us, and it continues on in verse 21 on, that God has shown even from the beginning of time through creation. God has shown himself and has made himself available for mankind to see who God is so that they can choose God as their personal Lord and Savior. And some words that he uses here, uh, in, here in verse 20, for instance, he talks about that mankind is without excuse. Mankind is without excuse because of everything that God has done and how God not only has blessed us, but God has blessed this earth. That there's no excuse for any person not to choose the Lord God. And he goes on in, the, in this passage where he talks about uh, exchange, they exchange the truth for a lie. Like these, these people on the earth, whenever they, uh, even the, your, your friends and family, maybe some people that, your co-workers, people that you're around who do not choose to have a relationship with the Lord, they have chosen a lie over the truth. And Paul goes on to tell them not only have they done that, but they worship and serve the creation versus the creator. And so maybe you're wrapped up and, and people don't even understand this many times. That's why the Bible says that people do, that do not have a relationship with God, that they're blinded. And they don't even truly understand of how when we look at creation and we see the beauty of all the things that uh, of, of what this earth brings to us or we or we are enjoying life. Maybe maybe it's on the lake or maybe it's going to the mountains or maybe it's going to the beach and we we find pleasure in all those things. And yet we find our uh, we spend our time, we spend our money, our efforts at these places doing these things, but yet and enjoying them. But we're not enjoying the one who gave us those things so that we could enjoy. And so we begin worship, worshiping the creation versus worshiping the creator. And so that's what, the, that's what these verses are telling us is that the people who are not just, the people who are not in right standing with God, they have no excuse. They are, they are uh, believing a lie versus believing truth. And then they also are worshiping the creation versus worship, worshiping the creator. And so for you and I, again, I mean, make this point very clear when he talks about the just, the people who can truly stand before God. Paul has gone on and on to tell us that it's not because of our works. It's not because of us just working hard and doing certain things, but it's truly just trusting the Lord Jesus Christ with everything that you are. It is an in total surrender uh, to the Lord. And it's, and it's a very difficult thing for to explain. It's a very, uh, I'll say when it comes to salvation and surrendering, surrendering your life, it is the most difficult thing, yet it's the easiest thing. And, and how do, why do I say that? It's because it's a place of just simple surrender. The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's an easy thing just to proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ. And you just do that and you're saved. And you would say that's easy. And it is. But at the same time, when you call upon the name of the Lord to be saved, then you're surrendering everything you have and everything you are to call out to God for salvation. That, that can be a very difficult thing for you to do. It brings me back to a story. This is not written in my notes, so I'm going to try to say it pretty, pretty quick. It reminds me of the story when Jesus told Nicodemus there in John chapter 3. And in John chapter 3, Jesus told Nicodemus... He said, Nicodemus, just as a serpent was lifted up in the wilderness on the pole, he goes, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. 
and he tells them that story, something that Nicodemus would remember very clearly. He was telling them a story back in the book of Numbers. In the book of Numbers, um, the Jewish people are there. They're on their way to the promised land. Uh, here's Moses, of course. And the people, because of their disobedience, they're getting bitten by snakes. They're getting bitten by serpents, the Bible tells us. And the people that were, because of their disobedience, and God had sent that to the people as far as this judgment upon them. And the serpent would bite them, and that venom would be in their bodies, and they would die. And so Moses goes on behalf of the people and cries out to God, say, God, please give us a remedy. God, give us a solution for this situation. And God says, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take you and your brother Aaron. And he goes, I want you to go and I want you to make this bronze, uh, uh, have this uh, bronze and serpent uh, and put it up on a pole. And he goes, whenever someone is bit, just something very simple, just instructions from God. But when someone is bit, I want you to look, all they have to do is look up to that pole and they'll be healed. Now, what the problem is, is just like you and I today and just like the people that we uh, work with and the people that we're family and friends that are around us, is that when we understand that, first of all, we've got to understand that we've been bitten with this, with this venom, which is our sin and that separation that we have from holy God. And the Bible tells us just as that serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And all we have to do once we realize we have been bitten with that sin is just simply look up. But imagine the people back in the book of Numbers, and I'm guaranteed that there were. There were people who were still dying because of what? Because of pride. Because you know what? I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. You know, surely, you know, me and God has this. We have this thing worked out. That if I just do enough good things or if I just go this certain way, well, so-and-so told me I had to go and try this formula and do this, and those people would die. Instead of listening to God's simple instructions and God's simple invitation to just look up and ask God for forgiveness, and they would be healed. And that is a simple truth to what we're looking at right here in this book of Romans. He says, it's the ones, back in verse 16, the ones... As far as the power of God and the salvation for everyone who believes. And so I hope this morning as you examine your life, as you look on point number one, as far as what it is to be in the just, the justification, that we have been declared righteous. I know who I am. And uh, you know who you are. And there's no way that God would look at us and just based on our lives and based on who you are and who I am, that God would say, yes, you're in good standings with me. The only way that is possible is for you to believe and you and I to have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that when we do that and understand the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and have surrendered my life to him in, in, belief, in believing the Lord Jesus Christ, that the Bible says that blood account that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and hung on that old rugged cross for us, that that blood has been applied to you and me. And so when, G when God looks at us, he sees his son. He sees the blood, and now we are justified, not because of what you and I have done, but what his son, Jesus Christ, has done. And so as we look into our second point, I want us to look in Galatians, back in Galatians, and we're going to look at chapter 3. I'm not going to go too far into it because we'll cover that in a few weeks. 
But in Galatians chapter 3, in verse 11, it gives a good description of, okay, now that we say that we're part of this, this select group of people, that we have been justified. And now through justification, now we're being sanctified, meaning that we should now be set apart. We should be living a certain way. And so going back to that verse talking about the just shall live. And so as we look at the shall live in verse uh, chapter 3 of verse 11 in Galatians, it says, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. And continuing on, it says, yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us for the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is anyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessings of, of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so he tells us that the just shall live. It means that we need to understand that because Jesus, because we have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, and always remember that He is the one that took our, He's the one that took our place. He is the one that took our shame. The Bible tells us that, and it tells us that, cursed is the man who hangs from a tree. And Jesus was that cursed man because of you and I being cursed. You and I not being able to stand in right fellowship with God. That God, Jesus Christ took our place and died on the cross for our sins. And he was the, the old song used to say, there used to be an old southern gospel song. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. In which that is very true. Uh, but also we were the ones that were nailing him to the cross. It was us that put him there. It was our sin. It was my sin. It was your sin that actually nailed him to the cross. So, of course, our, that we were on his mind, but we're the ones that put him there. And so it says that Christ has redeemed us in verse 13 from the curse of the law, because having a curse for us. He is the one that uh, hung on the curse. It is anyone who hangs on the tree in verse 14, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. And so it says that, listen, we now that we are no longer accursed and that we understand who we are in Christ, we need to live as though we are in Christ. And so it says the just shall live. We need to live. And as it tells us here in this verse 14 of Galatians 3, is that we live through the promise of the spirit through faith. And so understanding that Jesus Christ has done all these things for us. And it's not because of the law. We looked at that last week. It's not because of just doing certain ritualistic things that makes us justified. But we have that justification in the Lord because of our faith in God, because of we have placed our faith and trust in him. And because of that, now we ought to live in that place. And so it's so sad and so difficult for us to understand why someone who says they have a relationship with God yet not live in that place. It says that we ought to live in there. And so for us, that's why, you know, when, when lost people or people who do, or another way of saying it, people who do not have a relationship with God, they should see people who enjoy their life. They should see people who, uh, that have a sense of peace. The Bible says that we have a peace that's with, without understanding. 
that he says, I don't just, Jesus says, I don't just come to bring life, but I come to bring life more abundant. And so for us, as we live, we need to make sure we're living as Christ himself lived on this earth. I love the, when you look at the life of Christ and how he was on this earth for three and a half years. Jesus, as 33 and a half years, excuse me, but his ministry for three and a half years. Uh, Jesus, when he was on the earth, he was a man that was there not only with a man of purpose, because he definitely was. You could see Jesus' timeline of the things that he was doing. But he was a man that would enjoy going to feast. He was there enjoying company of his of his brethren, the, the 12 disciples. You saw that he enjoyed spending time with, with Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha. You see all these things that Jesus did and enjoying his life while he was on the earth, even though he had a mission before him. And the greatest mission that was ever before anyone, Jesus was there. But you see Jesus really enjoying life. And I pray and hope that we are a people that through this justification that we would live. That we would live understanding who we are in Jesus Christ. And so it says that the just shall live. And then we'll look at this last point by faith. In Hebrews 10.38 Hebrews 10.38 does a, a, a great job, of course, of looking and explaining to us that the just shall live by faith. And in chapter 11, it goes on and says that the just shall live by faith. And it goes by and it gives us a definition in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. It, well, uh, in verse 1, 2 and 3, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For, for by it the elders obtain a great a good testimony. By faith we understand that the works were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. visible. And so for me, this is the most practical point of the entire message. And I hope we get it and understand that the Bible tells us for the just shall live by faith. And that we should have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in who he is. Faith knowing that he can do anything faith and knowing that you know what when i pray and ask god for things that he can move those mountains that god can heal the sick that god can do all of these things we see in the bible that god had raised people from the dead and i believe that you know what we may not be going to the grave site this morning and asking god to raise somebody from the dead today but i know that god is a healing god and that God could raise somebody for the dead if it was something that he so chose to do. And so for us, as we're going through life, and the Bible says that the just, if I say that I'm saved and I am living, actively living by faith, then my faith should show that, you know what, I am trusting in God in every aspect of my life. Because whether it's in sickness, whether it's it's you battling, maybe it's it's uh, of what the you know the latest thing right now of COVID nineteen, or if it's or if it's you battling you know maybe cancer, or if it's you battling all these different things that can come up against you, or maybe there's some just some ailments that you're going through. To knowing that you could pray and ask God, who is the one who created your body, who put all these things into place. That God is the one that we can lean into and ask him for healing. And even if he chooses not to fully heal us of how to deal with these things. When nobody else is around and I'm dealing with a, a, a sickness or something going on against my body. That I know I can pray to God in that moment and he can give me strength and he can give me encouragement. And he can even bring me healing if he so chooses. 
Maybe it's something financially you you don't know where that where those things are going to come in your life and you're not going to lean into uh you know what and trust in just your job because we've seen right now through COVID 19 many people have lost their job and and my trust is not going to just be in maybe there's that family member that i could go to and, and usually be able to find help in you know what maybe maybe people because of uncertainty is a little bit more strapped right now but you know what? I can go to God and ask God in this present place where I'm at financially that, God, I'm going to trust you. And maybe it may come through my job. Maybe it may come from me working a little bit more hours. Maybe it may come from someone outside of my family or a family member to help me in that moment. But we lean into God and ask God where that direction is going to come from. Maybe it's just certain situations that I'm going to just kind of stay in this point right now. Or maybe it's certain situations that it's, it's maybe uh, dealing with your children or maybe dealing with your spouse. Maybe it's dealing with a family member or maybe it's dealing with a co-worker and you don't know where to turn. We can turn to the Lord and the Lord can give us direction. The Lord is the one that we go to. He is the one that we go to to hear from him so that we know how to go about and do these things. And see, I said this last week, and I referenced Brother Jake a couple weeks ago. You know, if I were just to go and tell you to live through all of these rules and regulations, and that's what we did each and every Sunday. You know what? You need to stay away from, from this, and I don't even want to name those things. But, you know, you need to stay away from this, 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 and this. And if you do that, like, everything's going to be okay. You know, and then, you know, uh, that is, I don't believe that's the place where we need to find ourselves in just a, a bunch of rules and regulations. For me, I want to be in a, in a place, I hope I can say this right and, and so that you can understand it, but I want to be in a place that we teach you to be just really leaning into the Lord and asking the Lord for constant direction in your life. I see it in my life practically every day. Is whenever I wake up and I just go about my business doing my own thing and just kind of even trying to do the right thing, I find myself making a mess of it. Things that I'm, I'm trying to maybe get along with my spouse, I'm trying to get along with my kids, trying to get along with my coworkers, trying to make the right decision, maybe when even pertaining to the church. And then I find myself like those things just really not working out. Instead of putting the Lord first, going to the Lord, asking for direction. And you know what? Some of those things may not still turn out the right way or the way that I wanted them to go. But knowing I sought the Lord and I heard from him and I asked direction from him is always the way to go. It's, it's like a husband and wife as we, let, let's say Lisa and I, for example, were to go and purchase purchase of a vehicle and make it easy for us So purchase a vehicle and that vehicle begins to act up well she didn't purchase it from me right but anyway uh, a little bit of humor this morning right but uh, that that vehicle begins to act up well that's the one she wanted I told her you know let's not get that one but she was she was insistent she was saying that's the one I want I know it's gonna be really good and we go ahead and make that purchase or better yet, she didn't even seek my advice. She just went ahead and purchased that car because she thought it was going to be good. And then it started to act up. It started to just go in the wrong direction as far as being a help to her. And when, we, when she comes back to me and we start talking about it, we were already on two different pages. And so when we seek the Lord in the first steps of our life, whether it's about purchasing a car, whether it's about uh, finding a spouse, whether it's about this direction and that direction in your life, 
you and God being on the same page so that when circumstances and situations arise, and guess what? They will. They will. They will arise that you can go to God and ask God for help and direction because you didn't leave him in the first steps. But you know what? God is so great because even when you do leave him, he's still there to help us and to lead us back on the right road and to get us back even when we don't seek him in the first places. But I pray and I ask that we this morning would be a people that would seek the Lord in and through our lives, through everything in our lives and every day of our lives. And as you were go on through this, as they call it the faith chapter, many, many people do Hebrews 11. It says by faith, so and so did this. And that faith, uh, we said this uh, last week, I, I made reference to this. It's not just me believing in something really, really, really strong. Like, you know what? We're going to have this just because I believe it so much. No, it's because God showed them, God directed them of what was going to happen. And because God had told them, listen, over there, you're going to do this. And because God told them that, they were able to walk in that truth, even when it didn't look like the things that God had said was going to happen. I mean, you can go on and on and talk about uh, the faith of Abel. I mean, you know, Abel, you know, it didn't look promising to him, the fact that he was obedient to God and his brother even took his life. But you know what? Abel, even to this day, the Bible says that in that day, his blood cried out before God. Like he was not forgotten even in that time. God surely didn't forget him. We're still referencing him in all of scripture today as far as a blessed person. And he's, he's spent an eternity with the Lord God. And then it didn't turn out the way he thought it would. But he continued in his faith with the Lord. In verse 6 of Hebrews 11, it says, For without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them who to those who diligently seek him. That is a great nugget. That is a great truth right there in God's word that we need to understand that the ones who diligently seek him. The book of Proverbs does a good job talking about finding this understanding in the in, in God is even better than than rubies is better than silver and gold it's because in one, once we lean in the God in our uh, talking about the, the just shall live by faith and we're just placing our faith and trust in God that he can work all these things out that he can give us direction he can give us strength he can give us all these things that we need that we can walk in those things and it talks about by faith Noah you know, Noah's situation was so was so interesting because God tells him that, you know, to do these things, not only does he build an ark and he's being mocked and ridiculed, it had never rained. So even when he's getting to the place of building that ark and it's going to rain and he has a place of security and he's able to get his entire family on that boat, uh, his sons and his son's wife and, and Mrs. Noah, they all get on that boat. And all the people, you know, they were mocking him and doing all that to him. It had never rained. And so it didn't look the part, but he trusted God. He had faith in God. And because of that, God protected him in the midst of the storm. And when the rains came, he had a place of security that he didn't just take away the flood waters. He had a place of security for him to ride out the storm. Uh, because of his faith and it goes on and on and it, it tells them that kingdoms were subdued at the end of chapter uh, of chapter 11 
because of because of faith in God. There was so many things that happened. Kingdoms had fallen because of the faith that the people had in God. And so for us this morning, I hope and pray, number one, that you understand what it is to have a relationship with God. That is the most important thing. It's not by any works that we do. The Bible tells us, tells us that very clear. It's uh, the only way that I can be justified is just placing my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then with that, as we walk, let us not forget uh, we should no longer walk as the Gentiles walk, meaning people who are not called of God, people who are not separated from God, but that we no longer walk as our former self, but we walk in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that we live in a place of just not just abund uh, not just uh, life. But life more abundant that we could really see the joys and the pleasures of this world if we would just lean into God each and every day each and every moment there's times in my day you, you don't always see it uh, but I'm telling you I need it often and often it is whenever I'm just going through my day I've how I have to stop in my heart and maybe maybe you'll see it on my face where I have to, to, to pray I have to just speak to the Lord to get back on track, to, to really hone in or really, really uh, uh, lean into God to see that I, to show that I need help, that I need encouragement, that I need strength, I need direction of where I should go in my life. Because uh, every, you know, you could be prayed up in the morning, you can really assault the Lord first, and then you go out there, and it just seems like, you know, all of hell is, com all of hell is coming against you. Well, you still can live in that power of the Lord, even in, even in that moment. And so I pray that we would be people that would be people of faith, that would truly trust the Lord in and through their lives. And so I want to pray for us this morning. I want you to have a time where you would just examine where you are in the Lord, that you would, number one, would see, am I in the faith and am I living as I, I, as I am in the faith? And I sure hope that is the case with us this morning. So let's pray. Lord God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you so much, Lord God, for who you are. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. To make a way, Lord God, not only for one nation, but for everyone in this world. And as your scripture showed us in the book of Romans, Lord God, that we are without excuse. Lord, I pray for this, the people around me, Lord God, for our nation as well. That we won't continue to go in a direction away from you, Lord God, but that we would seek you today because you are there willing and ready to be found. And I pray, Lord God, that, that our, the people who are around us do, who do not have a relationship with you, Lord God, that they won't continue to believe this lie. They won't continue to walk in darkness, but they would be able to see the light, maybe even through my life. Maybe I'll have a time and, and, and a, a place, Lord God, that I could share your your relationship with them. I pray, Lord God, that each and every one of us in this room would have a time this morning to really examine. I pray for our people that are watching on Facebook who will watch uh, this week and the coming weeks, Lord God, that they would have a time to examine their lives, to know, am I in the faith? Do I, am I a person that, who have, that has really trusted the Lord with my life? Have I turned away? Have I repented of my sins and trusted you for salvation? I pray that's the case, Lord God. I pray that there's maybe even someone in our, in our, in our midst today, Lord God, or watching on Facebook that would trust you this morning, that would surrender their life 
to you today, Lord God, and allow their life to be made new. And I pray, Lord God, for Christians that are in this room. I pray for me. I pray for my family. I pray for my church family. I pray for our audience that is reaching other people. That we would all examine our life today, Lord God, if we say that we're a believer. Am I living and am I living as a Christian? And am I showing faith each and every day of my life? Lord, I pray that's the case. I see areas in my life constantly, Lord God, where I fail and I fall miserably short. I'm thankful for your forgiveness in our everyday life. And I'm thankful for your continued support in my life, Lord God, as far as direction. And I pray, Lord God, not only today, but tomorrow and the next day that I would really show that faith in you. That if I really trust you and I say that I trust you, that I would apply every situation and everything in my life. And I would give it to you, Lord God. I apply it to my life. Again, I love you. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.